Bienvenido, bienvenue, and welcome to Samaritan Conversations. In Luke's account of an event over 2,000 years ago, there's a story of a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho who was attacked by bandits. The priest saw the attacked person and passed the other way. A Levite also opted to pass the other way. Then, according to Luke's version, a certain Samaritan, someone outside the religious establishment who was marginalized, stopped and helped. Samaritan Conversations is a podcast focused on community and business leaders who live as that certain Samaritan, that good Samaritan. Welcome to the show today, Nicole Morgan of Back on My Feet. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you. Why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about yourself, Nicole, and we can end back on my feet and we can go from there. Well, thank you so much. It's so wonderful to join you um, and to honestly be considered a part of this group, because I have to admit, I just sort of walk every day doing my work because um, it's work that brings me deep joy. And um, so I'm grateful to be with you. So I am originally from the Atlanta area um, and grew up um, in the city and really went to the University of Georgia, thought I was going to go into politics because I believed deeply in community change and ended up having a little bit of a different path in my career and realized that I didn't necessarily have to be on a ballot or advocate for a ballot to help make deep and lasting change in my community. But I could do it in a different way that was more authentic to myself. And I I very accidentally found myself in the nonprofit sector and found that the gift that I could bring to the work that I do is to help raise money and vital funds for nonprofit organizations to to further their missions and to help people that are in crisis in lots of different ways. So in my career, I've, I've had the opportunity to raise funds for some really great organizations doing phenomenal work in the communities. But um, I feel really blessed at this moment to be able to serve an organization called Back on My Feet. And Back on My Feet is a nonprofit organization operating in 14 cities now across the country that utilizes the power of community, healthy movement, and workforce education to help people move from homelessness and addiction back to the workforce and housing. Wow. It's, you know, I have to admit, when I first found Back on My Feet, um, a dear friend of mine had invited me to a fundraiser. And she said, I think that this is something you'll be really interested in. I I had lost my mother when I was 27 years old. And to cope with the grief in my life, I began walking. It was the way that I could clear my mind and have quiet time and, and reflect and um, and work through all of the things that were happening in my world in that moment. And... I had never identified as an athlete before, but through that grief, through that movement, 
the next thing I knew I was doing a half marathon and that Mm. half marathon turned into another one. And so a friend of mine said, you should come check out this organization. They're using running and movement to help people move from homelessness. And she knew that I cared deeply about the community and, and working to help people. And so I came to the fundraiser and heard one of our Back on My Feet alumni speaking about what these early morning circle ups, the, the, the way that our organization functions is that we gather together volunteers and individuals that are living at homeless shelters across the country, 530 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And he described these morning circles and this movement in exactly the same way that I had experienced the movement of working through my own grief. I'd found community in the running and walking community. And this alumni member described the exact same thing. He was able to say that the people that stood in the circle beside him helped to empower him, helped to make him feel stronger and helped him to feel like he could truly tackle anything in his life. And I, And I remember sitting at the table in this gala in this very formal ballroom in Atlanta, and I just wanted to jump up and shout, absolutely, yes, this is, this makes so much sense to me. And then to know that that community took it to a next level and helped him return to work and could advocate for him to good companies that could be um, supportive, providing livable wages, providing health insurance benefits, and could really help him to chart a course back to independence that could then potentially impact his family around him, his friends, his children, future generations. Wow. I just, I was overcome by it. And um, I started volunteering for the organization. And then when the role came open, I really, I I joked that I didn't give them a chance to hire anyone else. I like flooded them with my resume and emails (laughs) and and calls. And um, I feel really grateful to do the work that I get the chance to do today, helping to raise the funds for the organization. One of the first things I wrote down is when you kind of talked about um, how you took you know, going from maybe interest in politics uh, um, to fundraising, because fundraising, I've kind of been involved with several smaller nonprofits, and it just seems like fundraising is the thing that they least um, focus on. And it's, it's what can really make, or in most cases, break the non-for-profit. So. Yes, absolutely. It, it tends to be the pain point, right? The stress yeah. point. We call it, we call it the necessary evil sometimes. Entirely, <laughs> entirely. That is so, it can be so hard for organizations because it will, it will sometimes shift their mission. Right. And that's, that's entirely what it's not meant to do. Like you have to have really clear mission and vision and then go identify individuals and communities that believe deeply in that and that will invest in that and gift their treasures to that work. And so I think that's honestly how I've always viewed it is the chance to link really caring people Mm -hmm. with, you know, an important, an important mission in this world, something that, something that needs their help. And 
we all have the capacity to give in some way, in some amount, right? We know that deeply from everything that we've learned. And so um, I see it as a joy. Is it stressful in moments? Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I really do. I find a lot of joy in it because when you can really link some, some, someone to a mission where they can, they can have deep impact, the coolest things happen, right? There's joy, there's joy and there's um, success and winning um, for everyone that walks into those moments and those circles. So, yeah. Yeah. That's um, the other thing that was uh, amazing to me is um, what uh, I think is really unique about this is there the fact that you help or start to help with just walking that's yes. really you know just mind-blowing and and, and unique yes this- no I have to the same thing struck me when I first learned about the organization right that walking is something that we all have the ability to do and when we go out and we go for a walk, we clear our minds, we feel better, no matter what the pace, right? Yeah. And if, and if you think about that, you can get up and you can start your day that way, particularly if you're a person in crisis, you can take on the rest of the day. There is, there is an immediate moment of success in that morning. And I thought, yes, oh my gosh, this makes sense. Jason, I'm sorry, so, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. No, 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 please. By all means. I, I mean, you're the guest. I'm just the guy who gets to ask questions. <laughs> I, I do have one. I just, I, re, I remember being a kid and doing a, a jump rope for heart. I don't know if anybody else remembers that, yes. but is this similar to that where like people are, are asking for uh, to be sponsored in special walks or is this uh, Help me understand how the process of walking enters into this and the fundraising aspects of it as well. Sure. That's a great question. There is a component of our fundraising that is like that, and I can get to that. But really, the heart of our program is working with shelters all across the country and recruiting within their programs for our program as well. And so we're a supportive program that, that actually will go to the shelter and we invite individuals that are living there um, for their, or, or experiencing their services to come out and to commit to run and walk with us at 5.30 in the morning, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And we're also recruiting volunteers at the same time to come and join that morning circle up. So individuals that are currently experiencing homelessness or or as defined as homeless in that moment come and walk with us or run and the volunteers are paired up as well so they're individuals in the community that are just like you and I or or anyone that really has a heart for helping others and believes in the power of movement as well you don't have to be a natural runner you don't necessarily have to be fast because everyone comes to our program at different levels Um, but really what is at the heart of it is the community And once individuals commit to run and walk with us those three mornings a week, and they've been engaged with our program for 30 days, they enter into the next phase called next steps. So we just ask for them to make that first commitment of 30 days. 
um, while they're working on their sobriety, their mental health, getting some basic things stabilized. And in that next steps program is where they begin to work on the workforce development component. So goal setting, preparing their resumes. Um, we do a lot of financial literacy classes. We're also doing interview prep. So all of the things that they're going to need to be successful to go back to the workforce and to be ready for independence when they have the chance and the opportunity to move it out of that shelter at the right time. And it's really powerful when we as an organization can go out in the community and identify employment partners to link them to, and we can say, yes, mm. this individual has had a gap in employment, but they've been running and walking with us three days a week at 530 in the morning for the last six weeks, sometimes four months, sometimes a year. And they will come to work for you. They have shown the commitment. They are working this program deeply. And I have to tell you, there are CEOs and HR directors that say, well, I don't know that I would get up at 530 in the morning and go run or walk. So yes, let's yep. give them a chance, right? And it, and it opens that door. But what it also does is it helps to equip individuals that we get the chance to serve with a healthy coping mechanism that they can continue to work on beyond that time um, at the shelter. They can stay a part of our back on my feet circle and come to run and walk with us anytime they need to. Our alumni are always part of our program. And then Jason, to speak to kind of what you were asking about fundraising, we call it fundraising at our organization. Mm -hmm. And and yes, we do. We have bibs to major marathons all across the country, which thankfully are returning at, at the end of this year. Many of those are starting to come back. And individuals in the community that want to go and run those major marathons can commit to do so. And do so on behalf of Back on My Feet and run with the Back on My Feet team and raise money while they're training for that marathon, run that marathon. Some situations, some of the races actually will give us bibs for our members and our alumni to run along beside them. And it's a chance for us to raise awareness for the organization um, while these really great people are, are taking on a big challenge themselves. There's no better example of commitment if someone's waking up at 5.30 in the morning uh, to go. So they're waking up probably at 5 or sometime earlier to get ready to be there at 5.30 uh, to walk. And if they're committing and carrying that out, um, that says that that person will, will likely show up for a check, right? Because this, you're not giving them a check. It's just <laughs> make a commitment to come <laughs> for right. free at 5.30, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, they're getting high fives and lots of cheering for their yeah. showing up at 530, right? And yeah. um, it's really amazing what that will do. You know, we get the chance to hear from our members and they say, you know, it's been a really long time since someone was excited to see me. Wow. And, you know, that's honestly, that's what compels me so much about our organization. Um it, it brings dignity and community to people who are in the most vulnerable place in their life, right? They, they don't have, um, they don't have resources. 
they have themselves to bring to this circle. And that's what we're asking them to do and their talents and their positive energy. And, you know, we get the chance to get to know one another in a really human way. And And it's remarkable what that human connection of spirit, of, um, of positive energy can do and how it can move in the lives of others. Um, one of our alumni was getting ready to run the Atlanta marathon prior to pandemic. And he was being interviewed um, by a local television station because he, he had done this great feat of, of obtaining what we called the triple peach. So he had, run the Peachtree Road Race, the Thanksgiving Half Marathon, and and he was going in the 10-miler, or the Ultimate Peach, and he was going to run the full marathon as well. So it was a big deal that he was doing this. And the reporter asked him if there was something that he wanted people to know about when he was in homelessness. And he said, I just wish people would have known that I wanted someone to say hello to me. Mm. Yep. Right. You know, and, and that struck me. Oh, that struck me so deeply that what we need most, I mean, yes, we need resources. We need interventions. Sometimes what we need most is a caring community that moves without judgment. Yep. Yeah. You use the right. You used the right word when you were talking about the dignified, being dignified, uh, having dignity. Um, one of the conversations that we continually have with uh, displaced families and displaced peoples is in homelessness. There, there is a conversation that um, we try to have or have in the past learned about uh, having with people that you know. As a coffee house, we we get all types of people come in, and so. Um, one of those things is having that breach of conversation. A lot of times it's, you know, when they ask for a cup of water, they need to use the restroom or we have a small card that we give to, we give out called the share a cup card and they can just get a free cup of coffee or a a tea. And so in, in that process of that conversation, that's the starting point for the conversation, I would say. And I love how you've built community around this walking club. Um, that builds the continuity of a regular basis where this person is face-to-face with someone when they could simply just sit on a cot in a room full with other people and disappear every day and, and become more and more undignified, you know, um, in their life. And it can be such a discouragement. I'm, I have been there um, where I have slept in churches with 50 other people before when I was way younger in between me trying to figure out life and, you know, no kids and no anything. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought I was going to be the big man and leave my house and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but you know, when you, in the process of things, I fully understand what you're saying about, um, just needing someone to know my face, me shake my hand, smile at me in the morning and say hello to me. Uh, I could, I can surely I can testify to what that does to a, just on a daily basis, um, how powerful that is. I mean, that's, that goes far and above any type of, um, fundraising, writing a check to someone, you know, giving them food cards or anything like that. We see a return of some amazing people that, um, when they finally get back on their feet or they've seen a change in their life or something, first thing they do is come back in and say, thank you. I've got a, I've got an amazing young man, or well, it's not a young man, he's an older man, 
that was um, multiple times like arrested in Old Town Conyers and all these different things that he was challenged with. But at Awake, we just would love on him. We would give him coffee. We would talk to him. We would just have conversations with him. We know him by his first name, you know, that type of thing. Well, now he's placed. He has a home. He lives alone. He loves it. You know, he's got his disability. He's living well. He's staying clean and sober and all these things. And now he comes in and gets a cappuccino twice a week and he tips $5 to the guys behind the counter. It's the most, it's, you know, it's, it's that return on investment that I think we begin to see in people that you're exact, that I believe what you're saying is just the most powerful thing Mm -hmm. is they feel dignified in their life when they have overcome something um, and then you get to join in the joy uh, with that, with them. That's really powerful. That's very, very cool. I, I yeah, see that yeah. as such a beautiful thing. Absolutely. I think you're, you're absolutely right. You know, I think the other thing that is just so amazing is that the community is so wide and varied that supports our organization from um, the Atlanta track club and other running shoe companies have really come along beside us and know how important it is for the individuals that we serve to have brand new running shoes so that they can move in a healthy way and in a safe way. And we're able to give all of our members a brand new pair of running shoes to run in and to walk in. And it is like Christmas day when we hand out those shoes, right? And they've, and the commitment is that they've had to have shown up at least three different times um, to our morning circle before they can earn their shoes. And then um, we also have branded gear so that they can walk and run safely with us. You know, we're, we're wow. moving at five thirty in the morning and sadly we know that the individuals that we serve need to be identified by the community they need to be able to be seen and be seen in a safe capacity above and beyond reflectivity like and being on the streets they need to be identified as a part of a a group and so that is also really important to us and our groups that come along beside us do that um, I have a question though. So some of these homes, like they have to leave during the day. And mm-hmm. so they're not allowed to be in the buildings and stuff like that. And then they can return if they have a return card and check in and all that kind of stuff, especially in Atlanta. There's some of them that close for the day for cleaning and then they can come back in the evening time and stuff like that. What are you guys, I mean, how do they do that? If they go for a run with you or they go for a walk with you, they're getting you know, sweaty or something like that? Or is that just kind of, that's par for the course? Or or what are you doing? Does it allow them to get back to take showers and get ready for work? Or how does that work? Sure. No, that's a great question. So right now, the shelters that we're able to work with in the Atlanta are more long-term housing facilities. So we're working with, specifically in the Atlanta area, the Gateway Shelter, um, Mm -hmm. Covenant Community, Trinity House. Um, So these programs are where people are staying for a minimum in the Salvation Army at minimum six weeks. Uh, typically, is their length of stay there. And because we start at 5.30 in the morning, what it does is it actually enables them to get back, be able to have breakfast with the group, to be able to shower and prepare for the day and be a part of the recovery programming that is offered at the shelter 
or any of their activities that are required while they're participating there. So that that can be um, more intensive mental health treatment um, to some early return to work programs that we'll partner with them on. So um, we are, though, as an organization, trying to figure out how we can serve more transient shelters like you just described. And it's it's part of our ongoing journey in figuring that out. This year, we're launching across the country our volunteer program, our Next Steps Coaches. And it's asking volunteers. So we have our morning run volunteers. They come out and they run and walk with us. Sam, I can't wait to see you out. (laughs) But then we also have volunteers that come and commit to be a Next Steps coach with us. And what happens Mm. is they get paired one-on-one with a Back on My Feet member Um, who might have an interest in the same type of work that they're doing, or we believe that they could communicate in a good way with one another. And they, one-on-one, with the support of our program team, helping to guide this interaction, though, are talking about goal setting. They're committing to um, hopefully about a six-month engagement with this individual, but it could be a shorter amount of time depending on their goals. could be a little bit longer depending on their goals, but okay. they're doing the goal setting. They're, then they're going to the like, hey, let's build your resume. Let, what, tell me what you have on that resume. Um, you know, at one point or the other, all of us have probably reviewed a resume for one of our friends. Right. We've we've helped them. Um, We've also (laughs) probably been a champion for them as they were going out to find jobs and cheering them on along the way and sending them the hey, good luck message. I'm thinking about you. And it's that same social capital that we want to build for our members and our alumni because we believe that they deserve that dignity as well. And it's that social capital that could be transformative. It's those LinkedIn networks that could be built (coughs) that could really help to make the difference in the life of a person and, and, and take them from a good job that yeah, absolutely could get them to, to where they need, you know, need to be right now to a career that could help them stay in healthy independence and potentially even make up the lost ground. Yeah. While they were they were on the streets. So I mean we believe we believe so deeply in walking beside people and 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 the power the power in connection and the and the power in conversation and the power of support. Yeah, and literally walking beside people literally and figuratively. Literally <laughs> so. and figuratively, right? Yeah, it's it's always amazing that the we sometimes when we are trying to give, we receive even more. Entirely. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it happens, it happens every moment of the day and it happens in some of the most wild situations for me. Um, so I, I am not, I'm not a very fast runner, but I'm, I put one foot in front of the other and I feel grateful for that. And uh, before pandemic, I ran the Savannah Half Marathon and several of our alumni and members were utilizing that race as their very first racecation. 
they had gotten mm. stabilized and had moved out on their own and were doing so great and doing great things. And we'd had some alumni that had used it as a racecation before. And so it's a healthy way for them to take a weekend vacation, tackle a challenge together. And it was really great. And they found out that I was doing this race and they said, let's meet up at the start. We'll do high fives. We'll do our warm up together as we normally would. I'm like, great. So I saw the guys at the beginning and two of them were doing the full marathon. And then I, and I was going to run the half and I said, okay, well, I'll see you at the end and, you know, be really safe and all of those things and big hugs and high fives. And I am at mile 13. I have like 10, less than a 10th of a mile to go and I'm getting ready to turn into the shoot to finish and I look and I see one of the guys, one of our alumni who was, who had run the full marathon in the amount of time that I had run the <laughs> marathon shorter. And I start yelling out his name and waving my hands just to let him know I'm finishing. And I was cheering him. I was just like, you're already finished. This is amazing. <laughs> and as I turn into the shoot, I realize all of a sudden he's running beside me. And I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? I said, did, did you just jump the barricade? And he said, absolutely. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, at back on my feet, we don't run alone. You never let me cross a finish line by myself. You're not crossing this one by wow. yourself. Wow. So, yeah. And in that moment, I was the crying lady crossing the finish line. <laughs> and racist oh, were cool. like, miss, are you all right? <laughs> but it was, it was the greatest one of the greatest gifts of my life to see him so healthy and he inspires me, right? I'm like, gosh, yeah. I need to keep moving. He's doing such great things. So, wow. I have a question uh, that maybe you can close us out with. I mean, we're getting close to time management, but um, just what are some immediate needs maybe that your organization has? And then what are some long-term needs that your organization is looking for in, in, in growth or in necessity to keep moving in the direction you're moving? Absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you for that, Jason. Um, we really need volunteers right now. Coming out of the pandemic, as our circles have started to get back together, um, it's been hard to get some people kind of back into the routine of being a part of that morning circle. And so if you're willing to get up and come and walk and run with us, no matter what your pace, we would love for you to come and be a part of that. Um, but we also really need people to volunteer to be our next steps coaches, our career coaches. And what's great about that is that it's a virtual volunteer opportunity. We ask that individuals commit one day a week to be matched with a member or an alumni. And that can happen you know, as you're scheduled with the member. And so as we're seeking to grow, um, our services and to grow more deeply with our members. We really need that from a long-term standpoint, um, but also an immediate one as well is that we want to build thoughtful employment partnerships. Um, we are wonderful and we're happy to work with companies that have lots of different opportunities. But honestly, even if you're a smaller company and you might have one or two opportunities that you could open the door to somebody that needs another chance in their lives, we'd love to, to talk to you about that. Um, because 
The Back on My Feet community of members and alumni is really diverse. They have lots of different backgrounds, lots of different education levels, and we want to make sure that we have lots of job opportunities that meet their needs as well for lasting employment, really building those careers. So um, what's great is that on our website, backonmyfeet.org, you're able to find those volunteer opportunities, and we even have a tab on how to become an employment partner. Um, so no company is too small or honestly too big. There's always and, a place. And some of that could be even just to kind of clarify, because it's probably on our website, but part-time, full-time, because mm-hmm. an- anything, because that might help. It might further help the person who's going to be a future alum build that resume or yeah. show that extra commitment uh, if they got something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And particularly if it's a field that they're interested in, maybe um, we work to provide grants to help people attain education and certifications that could support them in getting back to work. So maybe it's a part-time opportunity that they are utilizing while they are seeking the certification and ongoing education. So uh, we typically ask if there are any um, good Samaritans in your life that maybe kind of influenced you. It, uh, I know you kind of touched on your mom kind of getting you back and walking. So I, I would almost suspect she might have been one of them. But I, I, I'll ask you the question if there are any good Samaritans you've had that have kind of, you know, helped you along this journey. No, absolutely. So you're absolutely right. My mother, um, my mother, interestingly, in her own life struggled so deeply with mental illness and addiction. And yet she still wanted to provide community for the people around her. Right. Um, and so when I lost her, she, uh, unknowingly, maybe at that moment, you know, in her own life, actually catapulted me towards this. But then what I would say are the other good Samaritans that I'm inspired by are all of the people that take their steps with us daily, whether that be virtually or in person, the volunteers, the members, it's a special group of people. And, um, It's people that are willing to get outside of their comfort zones to really help make the community better for all. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'll say thank you so much on behalf of Samuel, Jason, and myself for just your time. This is 